on today's episode of Bucked Up. I'm not trying to perform as a character 24 hours a day or even at all, you know, and it's more just like this is this form of expression that's like legitimate in itself, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. My mom grew up on Charles Street in Baltimore. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I know it's a big street. I don't know. I mean, I know where her house is. I don't know exactly where it is. But yeah, she grew up in Baltimore. Okay. That's crazy. In, yeah, so is that you know how if you... it's like in the county or the city or? It was in the city. Okay, cool, cool. Is that how you and Sam met? Actually, no. Um, we met in 2003 um when i i did a tour and uh with dan deacon and we did a last minute show in greenville um where where like his previous band uh art lord and the self-portraits where they were like set up at the time the and um yeah and we met then and like kept in touch and like I, I actually watched your your guys's interview and um last night. Oh, thank you for Sam. watching. Yeah, which was great. And, and like um I I did notice he left out a few of his early hip hop projects, but like I remember playing with um he had a group called Square Bones, which was really incredible back then. So I, I've been playing shows with him for a long time. And then eventually, I think in like two thousand seven they moved up to Baltimore. Oh, really? Because yeah. um, I listened to your project with, I should say, with Hemlock Ernst for people yeah. listening. Oh, if right, they right, want right. to know, yeah. Uh, what's the name of the project? The Fall Collection. The Fall Collection, which is amazing. And for people who don't know, Hemlock Ernst is also known as Samuel T. Herring, who's the singer for Future Islands. But you guys yeah. put out a project together that I thought was incredible. And I hit man, Sam up you. about it, and he was like, man, I think it went kind of like under the radar. And I thought <laughs> so, too. And that's when I was like, oh, I need to have you on ASAP because I want to hear the story of how that came together. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess the record, like, I think I first started thinking of the idea in maybe 2020 or so. Like, um, I, I had first sent him some beats and he really quickly knocked out a few songs and then I, but I feel like it really kind of came together. Most of the album was him coming with lyrics first. Um, like he had so many, I feel like he sent me like 27 sets of like full songs and, with no and I, beat. Or, or a lot of times like an older beat that he like demoed it on and, and stuff like that and um from i think from all different types of sessions and yeah and i i'd say the bulk of the songs were made like that which i'd never done before and i i would do it every time if i could i thought that was like super fun to you know like have the whole 
it's like everything's there like the story the characters whatever you know and yeah. then and then just build the sonics around that kind of so you sent beats to him in 2020 but you had been touring together since 2013 had you not made music in those 7 years oh no no yeah like i've always i've always done my thing like like but I, I mean, had I, you not made music together at all? Oh, oh, um, okay, yeah. Um, I think the first time we ever did a song together, it was actually it was a remix of a Passage track. Are you familiar with Passage from like Anticon and all that? No, um, uh-uh. he he's a like a awesome MC and producer, but um we did something we did a remix for him in maybe like 2017 or something and um that was another thing where that flew really under the radar i i don't know if maybe the the label didn't like the remix or something but nothing really happened with it but i thought it was a really cool track and then um and then he got on my album uh, called Raw Routes that came out in 2019. So we, we've done a few little collaborations before. And were you always doing hip hop? Was it always hip hop? Yeah, yeah. Because that those worlds are so different, I wasn't sure. Because the band that you mentioned, his band before, that wasn't a hip hop group. That was more like Future Islands-esque. Right, right, right. So when you opened for them, it was like a totally different genre. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, it was wild. Like that yeah, that was like two thousand three, that that first first meeting them. And that was like a last minute show. And it was like I remember it was like the best show of our tour. And like it was like super I don't know, Greenville, uh, North Carolina is a super interesting place. Um, I, I felt like from the first time ever being there, they were like super open to like multi-genre type of things, you know, and like, which I feel, you know, I feel like that doesn't always, it used to not always happen in these like punk type of spaces, you know, and, and but, um, yeah, yeah, the, it, it was always very like, I felt like that area, everything was always kind of like blended together and mixed up, you know. Why do you think that is? In Greenville specifically? Or in areas like that. I um, feel like I feel like I um I, I, No, what were you gonna say? Oh no, 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 keep keep saying. I was just going to say in areas that don't really have much of going but has a real creative scene, I feel like people sometimes come together. You know, because it's like, well, totally. we can't do our own thing. So let's come together and work together to create a scene. Totally. Yeah. And and there's always a weird vibe in Greenville. And I, I say this with like love and uh, for for what they have going. But like the, the it's an interesting vibe because there's like ECU, which they all went to the like Future Islands guys. And. I think there's a huge like painting program there. So there's like these kind of like, you know, North Carolina hipsters being kind of like attracted to that, that school. 
And then at the same time, there's just like this kind of grimy, like towny type element, you know? So it's, so it's like, and, and there was always this one dude that's still promoting there today. That's promoted all the shows for like 25 years or something, Jeff Blinder. And I feel like he's done a good job of kind of like bringing everybody together there, you know, which is, I feel like it's a rare thing. I, I guess sometimes it's like that either happens or it doesn't, you know, yeah. based on one guy or girl. What camp did you fall into back in those days? Oh, like, oh, as far as like painting hipster or yeah, or towny or towny <laughs> <think>, punk. <laughs> I guess it depends, like who you ask. I guess <laughs> maybe maybe a little of both. Maybe a little of both. But definitely, I can't paint worth shit but but you oh know my god i wish i could paint so bad mm. it's something my do you see that you do you see things visually sort of i sort of see music like i like i see it in my head but i don't know but i don't know if i have visions of like this would be a cool painting i just i like people that can do it you know what, what do you, you mean you see what do you mean you see vi- music in your head what do you see i mean you know, I, I feel like I, I I see like different sounds as colors kind of, which I, I imagine probably everybody does to some. No, degree. not at all. No, no I okay. don't see it at all. Yeah. So, I, so what do you mean you see it as colors? I mean, when I hear when I hear a sound, and I don't mean a note, but more just like an overall piece of music. I'm more like, yeah, this is like a reddish yellow or or something like that you know and how does that play into your creative like your creative process i if it does at all i guess it would be like i think sometimes i maybe i have an instinct towards like what should come next that is maybe hopefully a little intuitive more than like um coming from a place of more like black and white like i don't know didactic type of thinking or something like i don't know like so, like i feel like sometimes working with people it's like i i think some people are a little more intuitive and some people are a little more like well i'm talking about the Iraq war in this song. So it needs this kind of, you know, like, like they're thinking maybe more literally or something. So I don't know that. I don't no, know. Cause it's any, like, there's this, anything. yeah. Cause there's this thing. It's like the visual scale where it's like picture an apple. <clears throat> and like, if I say that, can you picture like an apple, like what it looks like, like in your head, do you see an apple? Yeah. Like, I don't, I can like describe an apple, but I don't like see an apple. Like my brain works in like words and descriptions, which I think is the reason that I'm a comedian and a podcaster, because like my brain transports things through words and that's, but some people are visual, like artists, like I interview a lot of artists. And when I talk to artists, most of them can't describe what their art is about. 
because it's all visual. Like they, they don't see things as words. They can't describe the idea behind the art. Like when I interviewed the guy who painted right. this, it's just they see that vision and that's how they see it. Right, right. Yeah, and that, and that's like, uh, yeah, that that's always been an a interesting thing for me is like, yeah, like I've never I've never heard that term visual scale, but that's like that explains a lot. It, 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 like I, I've always thought it was interesting how at shows and stuff, noticing how far things vary as far as like how much people are listening for words and like being told a story or something versus how much people are more looking for like the whole gestalt. Or so, you know what I mean, and 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 I think everybody's a little different in that way, you know, as as like fans or listeners or whatever. Yeah, uh, if this is too personal, you don't have to talk about it. But I enjoy taking mushrooms and going to concerts sometimes. Yeah, and Me too. when <laughs> okay, perfect. And when you're on mushrooms watching music, and it's a great performance. You feel like it's like you're part of a wave that is the room and that everything's connected. Right, but then right. when someone's bombing or there's a really bad performance, it's almost like you're like nerves are going off. Oh, it's yeah. like it's like you're not part of the experience at all. It like pulls you out of it. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if everyone sees it that way, but I do feel like concerts are almost like hypnosis. Any type of performance is like a hypnosis on the audience. Right, right. And yeah, that's and what I look for is like the energy. Is that person totally commanding or not commanding? It doesn't matter what they're doing. No, and I, I remember, yeah, one time I, I've never been a big like weed guy, but like one time in te this festival in Texas, like smoking this really, I guess, strong weed and like watching this one guy perform I, I will not say his name because my assessment of his set is not probably accurate <laughs> but like i remember almost being like this guy is evil <laughs> like it was just a, a guy doing beats and like twisting knobs but i just wasn't feeling the whole like the whole vibe or, or whatever and I, I was like i feel like i'm at like a nazi rally or <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> have you ever met someone that you got a bad impression of off the bat and then you were wrong about that because i feel like most time your gut instinct is right about someone well i i totally have yeah i i've totally been like i don't like this person and then i love them eventually you know? <laughs> okay and, and... <laughs> so you don't trust your own gauge <laughs> well i don't know i mean I, I maybe not when I'm like, I mean, it's maybe a different thing of like when I've been like, this person is bad news. Usually I'm, I'm correct. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just like, they're annoying or something, oh, you know, yeah, no, you know it's like, know I feel like most people, I don't mean people, a yellow. I don't mean like, I mean like a red alarm going off in your head. Oh, totally. Someone. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever been wrong, but I, I feel like, I feel like I have friends that set off the red alarm and then 
on, on other people and then i'm like no no they're cool and, and like they actually are but they're just weird people or something you know oh yeah you have to measure who what friends you're gonna bring around what friends Totally, like, totally. I feel like a lot of my friends have to measure who they're gonna bring me around because I'm like a great I'm not a crazy person, but like I'm a stoner comedian who talks to rappers. I'm usually carrying a big bong around. I I can't stop swearing, you know. It's like, right, all right, right, are we gonna introduce him to my grandma? Yeah, it's like I, I always think about what it I can't even remember what song it is, but it's like I'm going to butcher the lyric, but it's there's a Billy Joel song where he's like, he's talking about his friends and he's like, it's like laughing too loud, never hurt anyone or something. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I try to, I try to keep that in mind. Like, like, shy or nervous person. I'm like, when I have friends that are kind of like balls to the wall, it's like, I get like, <laughs> but like, you know, like at the end of the day, it's like, we're all, we're all humans. We're all just trying to have a good time here, you know? Yeah. That's funny. What drew you into the rap world then? What I, what is what I would say? Um, let's see. I mean, I feel like as far as like listening, it's like, this is, so ancient at this point that i don't expect you to know what i'm talking about but like like la dream team was my my entry into rap which was no like, i don't know la um, dream team do you know like egyptian lover or like any of that like old school la stuff where it's like a, a very small amount yeah it's like a lot of that was like the first stuff i happened to hear as far as you know being a little kid and being a fan and then i feel like i started like recording like terrible probably hip-hop music when i was in like middle school age and then it's like the first group i was in which was called wounds we put out our first ep in like the late 90s you know um and and i've and I briefly like throughout high school and stuff, I was like trying different bands and stuff like that as well, which never really like got going, you know? But I mean, in a more philosophical way, you're saying that like when people are loud, you're the one to be like, if your friends are being loud, you're like, ha ha ha, get a little oh, yeah, more yeah. shy. Like what philosophically drew you to rap? Cause I feel like rap for people who like it, it is kind of like a fuck the system type thing. You know, it is that we'll be loud where we're not supposed to. Right, right. I mean, I get. I guess I always, I think I always was like lucky to be around a lot of music, like at a at a early age, and like 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 a lot of the first shows that I got to go to were like these like nineties, like you know, like post-punk type shows that you, you know and like I, I i think i was always sort of like picked up something from them as far as like they're these kind of like nerdy reserved type of people but then they get on stage and go crazy 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, and it's like not, I don't know. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is this ritual we do. And it's not like, I don't know. It, like you're not necessarily trying to be part of like the rock and roll lifestyle or something like that. And, and like, and like, I, I feel like I kind of took a similar approach with the rap shit. Like, I don't know, just like, I'm not trying to perform as a character 24 hours a day or even at all, you know? And it's more just like, this is this form of expression. That's like legitimate in itself. If that, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does make sense. I think um, it, it does make a lot of sense because I feel like I feel that as a comedian, certain people think comedians are living a certain lifestyle all the time or like funny all the time making jokes like i'm on all the time and i might be like goofy i might be stoned but like i'm a serious person as much as i am a silly person so i don't like when people put me in that box so i guess i do understand that me asking you that is putting you in that box of like why aren't you in the rap life when you're like no this is my form of expression in the way that i want to do it right right exactly and yeah and it's kind of like it's it's like i totally understand if if you know i feel like i've been on tour before with like people that are a little like you know get around me and i'm 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 just very very shy and reserved person and they're a little bit like, hey, this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> but I imagined a, a rap tour would be like or something. And it's like, like, like different people have different approaches. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I remember seeing something about like, are, are you familiar with like Thurston Howe the Third? Yes. Uh-huh. The, um, like, I remember seeing something about them, like, like him and Eminem, when they worked on that one track together or or two tracks or whatever it was, they it's like Eminem like went to New York and they essentially just like freestyled for four days, <laughs> just like wake wake up, freestyle all day, go to sleep, like, and it's like I think that shit is really cool, but it's I also just know it's not me really where I'm like. I don't know. I I feel like I like the idea of like the curtain opens, you present where you have to present, the curtain closes and you go away or something, you know. Mm-hmm. What's your creative process then at home? Like how do you find your muse? How do you what what's your process there? I I feel like it's it's always a little different through the years. Um it's been like I've been producing way more in the last couple of years. And, and so I'd say the majority of my day is, and, and and I should say, I'm trying to make it more of like a business. Like I'm, I'm like selling more beats and stuff like that. And so I've really been trying to streamline everything where I'm like, listening to as much music as possible 
you know, chopping up samples, working on stuff in the most efficient way possible. And just, I'm essentially just making beats all day. And like, um, and I've been doing way more beats than anything else the last couple of years, but, um, I, I'd say as far as words for my own projects, it's like, I kind of just, I kind of just wait for things to like really, really be in the, really be in the right mood to write you know like more so than than have a that's not like a structured part of the day where where the beat stuff is very like almost like factory style and then but then the actual words are like they come when they come if that if that makes sense but isn't that eminem freestyling all day is like you making beats all day. Yeah, yeah, but I guess it's like I guess it's a lot more insular. Like the like like there's something about w- when I referred to that with like Eminem or, or Thurston Howe, it's like there's something about hip hop where there's a very um open door kind of way that you can do it where it's like where it's like hey, if you happen to meet another mc like just rap with them for eight hours or something and I, I've, ne- I've never really been that that type of person you know yeah do you feel like you can explain yourself more sonically like through music that's how your process is like that's how your brain processes things yeah but i think it's really important to keep in mind that you know if you're gonna do something that's not producing that a lot of those explanations just get lost in the sauce like like um i uh, like i remember my one of my albums uh, i did an album called mind moves the mountain that uh, it's one of my favorites that i've done and and i feel like it was maybe my first that was like a hundred percent self-produced and i remember like talking to my friend and he was like i i was telling him like yeah i feel like some of these songs they're not going over live as much as i want you know and he was telling me he was like yeah because like a lot of shit with production it just will get lost live, you know, like, like if you're like, Oh, the way I panned this little guitar, it's like, it's like no one in a club in a shitty PA, you know, in in Idaho or something is going to, it's like, everybody's high. Everybody's drunk. Everybody's thinking about what they're thinking about. They don't give a fuck about your production. So, so it's like, like, like I'm getting a new, project together now that's going to be very tour heavy and i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to think about that more like what you said like explaining yourself through like sonics and stuff i'm trying to look at it like okay we got that part down as much as we can but (laughs) you got to think about everything else too like the you know that like like there's people like say going back to like visual or something there's people that will go to a show and 
ninety percent of what the they'll remember is what it looked like. You know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll think about what people are wearing, what the lights were like, how, how people were moving around, and then I feel like there's people that mainly think about personalities, like, like do I like this guy? Like how, like, you know, like what? How does he treat the audience? How, so I, I guess I'm trying to remember that you kind of had to think about all of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny when I've now that I've been hitting the road and like touring more and doing more yeah. shows headlining where I have to sell tickets. I think about how so many people, let's say a ticket's 30 bucks. 30 bucks is like a good amount of money to most people, including myself. You know, like right. $30 is like a good night. Plus, they just worked usually a full day at like a full nine to five. They might have had to get babysitters for their kids. They might have had to drive and then find parking wherever it is and then get dinner in the city. So it's like a, so a lot of people just want to have a good, they just want it to be like a fun time. They're not even thinking about anything other than like, am I, is this worth it for like the price I have to pay? Not just money wise, but like energy wise. And I think that's what like most people who don't make music think about when they go out. It's not like, oh, how great is this music? It's like, all right, is this going to be worth it for all that I had to do to go out tonight? Right. And yeah. And so much of that. Yeah. Is not like. So, so much of it is like a whole separate thing. Like, like what makes a good experience. Yeah. Is not like, like the, like the snare drum could be mixed any which way <laughs> of a hundred ways and it doesn't matter it's just like yeah it's more, more just like can you put on a show or just like create a welcoming feeling or or whatever it is you know i think it's the energy are you having fun up there if you see right, someone right, having right. fun no matter what they're doing it's like and if you're enjoy, so maybe you mixing that snare that certain way brings you an enjoyment that they might not hear, but they see you enjoying that moment and they enjoy yeah. it more. Yeah, that's you know it's funny. I I always think of like Sam actually as like he's he's almost like an archetype in my head of like a good performer. In oh, he's in the that, best performer. Yeah. yeah. Like, like th- this might sound weird, but like, I'll notice a lot of times it shows like, I like, I'll have the mic in a mic stand. Right. And I'll be like pushing into the mic so hard. Like, <laughs> like the more intense I feel mm-hmm. about like what's going on in the music, I'm just like pushing into the mic so hard that i'll like break the mic stand and it's like it'll make me realize like i'm pushing the energy and the energy is there but it's not like going out to the audience mm-hmm. in the right way or something i feel like sam's someone that's just like insanely good at that where where, where you know you're you're feeling what he's feeling Oh like, yeah, you know I I feel like I've seen it happen so many times where I'm like, where 
it's it just happens you know what i mean where where he's just like so i don't know if vulnerable is the word but just so expressive and and open that i feel like that's something to kind of that i've thought of as something to like aspire to not that i'm going to be like jumping around like him necessarily but but you know what i mean no i do i think as a performer we are chasing some sort of dragon like chasing some sort of high that high performance is definitely a thing and when you feel that is when you're in the flow state like that's when you feel that high and any creating gets you into that flow state and i think seeing someone like sam perform is that someone who's in their flow state from the minute they get on stage to the minute they get off stage Mm. and maybe he isn't even like happy because he's hitting himself on stage he's like he's going ham like he's giving it his all but he's not there if you know what i mean he's in his flow state and in that is like a an enjoyment of itself so maybe yeah, you are, yeah. it's like watching a really dark comedian to me who maybe isn't happy they're on stage. They're really depressed and angry, but you can tell they're living their truth and they're in right, their flow right, state. Right, right, right. And that's what people, I think, want to see in a performance, no matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and it's also, I, I feel like the idea of identifying that, you know, everybody, yeah, everybody paid their money. They worked hard and kind of sacrificed to even get to your show. I think, I think that's a good idea to keep in mind. And then also you, you do have to also keep in mind, not everybody has the same idea of a good time, you know, like, like I know from different, you know, I don't know, dragging people to shows that are more like noisy or crazy or something like there's people like sometimes I see something. I'm like, that was perfect. And the people I'm with are like, why would you ever want to (laughs) pay to see that ever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I hope I this is going to be this is a total positive. Sam, if you're listening to this, take this as a positive. I'm not saying this, but it it pertains to our story. So um, Future Islands was opening up for Weezer on this past tour. Yeah, I I caught the New York show. Yeah, yeah. So Sam got me and my dad tickets to the Connecticut show, which was awesome. A great performance. My dad and I both love to see them, so it was awesome. But I knew someone who was at that show that was just there to see Weezer almost as a joke, you know? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to go see Weezer. Right, right, right. And then I was talking to them, and they were like, who was that opening band, Future Islands? Like, I just did not get their shit. And I was like, oh, right. yeah, you're not going to get your th- if you're going to see Weezer as a joke. And I'm not even a big Weezer fan. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like you're not going to get the intricacies of what they're trying to do on stage. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Some people like, have the different experience. You know, they're not going to understand what that 
performance is really what that performance really means when if you're like play if you're there to hear weezer play a hit you know uh yeah absolutely i i think about that a lot like i I don't know i remember my mom telling me about going to see little anthony and the imperials and like like opening set by chuck berry and like (laughs) And like Chuck Berry, like basically got booed off stage, like, like it's like, it's like, yeah, this dude kind of invented this shit, but like, in a different context, it's a little bit like, people are like, who cares, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, uh, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like any act. Like I feel like, I feel like the Rolling Stones could open for like, I don't know, Katy Perry or something. And people would be like, who the fuck is this? Like, like, I feel like any act can, can eat it in like a opening act situation, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I, that's what I love about this podcast and what it's like, why it's one of my favorite. I'm just very lucky to do it. It's because I love your music and I loved that album you guys put out. So I get to talk to you in real time. Like, Oh shit. Like I get to, that's awesome. But I also love the most like drugged out trap rap. Like I love that shit. And I just, you probably saw the clip of the dude talking about having 20 kids. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So that dude's like one of the richest rappers from Memphis. He was signed to young Dolph. Like his shit's like trap Memphis, real shit. And it's like, if I played you his music, you probably wouldn't like it. And if I played him your music, I don't know if he would like it. But I enjoy both of them. Yeah. So I just hope there's people out there like me that are like like the full spectrum of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I got to say, I, yeah, like, I really have fallen off with keeping up on some rap stuff, like, like two two days ago, I did a podcast called Free Music Empire, and like these dudes were on some like, all right, everybody go around and name your top ten like new songs of twenty twenty three. Name your top ten new beats of twenty twenty three. And I was like scrolling through my iTunes trying to find <laughs> music, but like yeah. I, I I I haven't kept up with new stuff on that level but like but i'm but i'm a fan when i hear it you know this episode is sponsored by infused productions they are the best in cannabis products and events make sure to follow them online at infused productions that's i-n-f-u-z-e-d productions and check out what they have going on let's get back into it like mine's all about what were you saying? Sorry. Oh, like what's what's been like some of your favorite brand new stuff as you know, as far as like Well, that's funny. Like what I listened to the most this week was your album. So I oh, that's why I you, was man. like, oh shit, like I get I wanna have you on to talk about it. And then when Sam I was talking to Sam about it. And it's funny, it's like I'll just get super obsessed with certain songs. So like the last three songs, if you're saying like name the top 10 beats, like 40 ounce eulogy and with the devil, 
Like I love the whole album, but those three oh, songs I just listen to. I literally just listen to those three and then go back. Listen to those three and go back. And that's really what I've been listening to this week. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you, man. Of course. I but really I, appreciate that. But, but that's what's like, like say say like of that of like the young Dolph type guys. What's okay. what's like Babytron? You ever hear of Babytron? I've heard the name, but I don't know. I don't know what's awesome. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a great answer. To it. <laughs> Babytron, I've been listening a lot to. Oh, well, Danny, do you like Danny Brown? Yeah, yeah. His new single is produced by The Alchemist, so I've been listening to that a lot. Tight. And Danny was just on this podcast uh, last month. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah that was, well, what that have you was been my... listening to? What's the newest shit you've been listening to? <laughs> well, that was my one that was my one answer I had for um and I couldn't even fucking think of the song name and I still can't. But on that JPEG Mafia Danny Brown album, do you are you are you familiar with that project? Yes. Mm-hmm. The the track that has like like a Japanese like children's like choir or something singing that that's all oh the kingdom hearts kingdom hearts key or whatever that it might be that that i feel like that was definitely like my favorite beat that i've heard this year i I love that 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 whole project was fucking awesome that's a real problem with music i think nowadays because there's so much i used to know every album name all the songs on the album I could probably tell you yeah. the names of the songs in order. And I knew the lyrics to most of the songs on the album. But now, I don't know any lyrics to any songs. I can't tell you the names of the albums or the songs on the albums. I can just tell you, like, I okay, I can name, but it's like, name the songs. But it's like, I like the last three songs on your album you did with Hemlock Arts. Like, that's how I describe it. It's right, like, right, there's right. There's so much music that it like devalued it to a point (laughs) right 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 yeah there was like um like when i heard that jpeg and danny brown album it it was like me and two other guys were like driving on the way to a wedding in a rental car and then I was like, I want to hear that track again. And then I like pressed the wrong button on the <laughs> on the like dashboard. And then like we couldn't like fi- figure out how to play it again for the rest of the trip. So I feel like that's kind of like my whole experience now as a represents my whole experience as somebody trying to keep up with stuff, but not always yeah. doing it. Like, do you know the lyrics to any songs nowadays? Like newer songs? Mm-hmm. Like like have like have have a verse like locked into my my yeah. head kind of i i uh-huh. maybe maybe less than before do you feel the same oh totally yeah totally i don't know it's very hard for me to know to remember a lyric now yeah yeah but to be fair maybe i listen to less poppy music so it's less like hooks that are easy to remember right 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 yeah that's a lot of times when i hear music just like outside and i want to know what it is i sort of go out of my my way to like 
lock in a couple bars so I can Google it later and figure out what it is. If you had a list of every song that you've made, how many do you think you could rap? Oh my God. Fuck. So few, man. Like, <laughs> no, I went to, I went to a show the other night and there was like, it was kind of like a free form type of thing. And it was my friend on stage and he was kind of like, you know, kind of like suggesting he was like, all right, we got some MCs in the building. Let's get like everybody up here. And like, it ended up like not happening anyway, but I was just like, I can't think of one of my fucking lives. <laughs> like hundreds. Like I just like just get I was like negotiating with my brain. I was just like, give me one first line of one song. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, because like usually I guess like I've always tried to do it sort of like you know always trying to play a bunch of new like every year going on tour trying to lock in a new set of songs and i and i sort of like just discard everything that's like not going to be played on that tour you know which is yeah which is, I don't mentally know. you discard it you're like that's yeah. not even my yeah, song exactly. anymore <laughs> do you know any of the words to that new album with sam like could you rap any of those songs could I just go like if you were listening to it on the radio, do you think you could like if it was playing in your car? Yeah. You could rap, yeah. like get all the lyrics down to one of <laughs> yeah. the songs. Yeah. Yeah, I Isn't feel like funny? I Yeah, I mean I've heard those so like in the process of mixing, I feel like I've heard them all like hundreds and hundreds of times. <laughs> oh yeah, so you you were forced to at that point. <laughs> do you have a favorite track on the project? I let me see i oh you know i think murder money is my favorite track um which that um that was a really cool one because he just gave me that was just one like 16 bar verse and i liked it started messing with it um tried a bunch of different ideas on it wait so he sent it to you recorded yeah yeah acapella yeah and you had to build the beat around his acapella 16. yeah yeah that's and so like, crazy <laughs> yeah and it was just i've never weird. heard that before i've never I've interviewed <laughs> a lot of people i've never heard that before and also i think it's wild too what the a lot of times the demo beats that he recorded on were like not synced into a, a beats per minute at all so like you can't you can't even guess of like okay this is you know this is 85 bpms it might be for that you know one bar but then it like changes <laughs> so, but but um but i don't know that that was like really cool and 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 for all those he eventually re-recorded them like he re-recorded it all over my beats but like um the yeah like murder money i really liked the rhyme just something about it even though it's just you know one verse and then like i kept saying how about this how about this how about this 
And then even once we landed on something, he was like, oh, it's got to have more. It's got to have more. And like, I don't know. I think as a producer, I think we're always not even really sure if there can be more. Like, like some beats just don't lend themselves to a million changes. Like you just find a loop and it's cool and that's it. But like, we just kept changing it little by little. And like, it, I felt like it just kept getting better every time and then he kept writing new stuff to it and and it, i really like how that one turned out that's, that's awesome that's, that's a crazy a, way to and you had never made beats that way before as you said yeah yeah may, like maybe for i mean maybe when i've done remixes for people it's been like that a little bit for one song but never like a whole project you know that's so great that's awesome though you guys did an amazing job. How did oh, that? Thank you, or, when I was, I should have waited to ask you that later into the uh, conversation. But it's like he doesn't. He has that one album out with Kenny. Yeah. yeah. And then he has that album with Mad Lib Tuck. Yeah. But it's like he doesn't release a lot of music under that pseudonym, you know. So how did this? Right. How, how how did this one come to light? Like, why did this one come out? Did you push him? Did he push you? Or was it mutual? What? Yeah, I think it was a little of both. It was like, I think what, I think, like I said, like we did some songs at the very beginning. We, we banged out a bunch of like songs from scratch. Like, um, like I think that with the devil was the first track we did. And I think, I think what happened was, when he started coming with these like already written rhymes, I think it like, I think he had tried this a few times before. Like, I think, I think maybe he had tried to work some of those into the Kenny Siegel project and, and it didn't really work out. And like, I think we were just kind of, we tried it and we were both like, Oh wow, this really works, you know. Like, and and I think that just opened up a lot. Like, I think I think there was like a lot of, I don't know what I don't know what to call it, but like, I think I think having this material where it's been building up for all these years, and you're writing it, and you never find a way to finish it, or or really present it i i think it it like it did something to him i think i think it like meant a lot to him emotionally to like like because because he's somebody he writes really fast i think and he like like he's done a ton of guest spots and stuff on all different stuff and i think I think he sort of felt like, yeah, I could bang out like 12 new sets of rhymes, no problem. But like, you know, these particular rhymes that he'd been working on, like, meant a lot to him. And it, I think it meant a lot to, to finally find a home for him. And it's kind of, I feel like that really like built some momentum to where we were both like, okay, this is like special and we need to finish this, you know? That's a good way of putting it. 
it's like closing out a certain chapter you know right right and i think we all do that in life like and it doesn't matter where they come from i learned to play drums to triple x by danny brown Mm. um when i was a freshman in high school my dad's a drummer, but that's how that's the song I took to my drum teacher. I was like, can you write this out and like help me yeah, play drums? Yeah. Like that's and when I interviewed Danny and I'm Bruiser Brigade now, but like that was like closing out a chapter. I was like, you know what? There's like, why did that? Why did that? Like, huh? I didn't know where that would play into my life. Things from your late past. You're like. I know that's an unopened, that's an unended chapter. I know it's going to come back and play into my life somehow. I just don't know exactly when. And then it does. And it is like that itch getting scratched. Yeah, yeah. Did you you happen to read the the Beastie Boys book that came out a couple years ago? No, I didn't. No. There's like an interesting part where they're talking about their last show which I believe yeah was like one of these like Bonnaroo performances and like I feel like Ad-Rock in particular is a great writer in this book but he's like talking about how there's like moments in your life that'll be full circle and there's moments that will not at all and you just never know you just never know which ones will be which you know like mm. i don't know which which it's a it's a weird thought like he like he was talking about his last show and being like and being like well it's not exactly like a movie in that you know it's not like he's like there's definitely friends that we started with that aren't down with us anymore and and like it's not like everybody's there by our side but it's like in another sense it is a crazy full circle as far as like you know this started from absolutely nothing and now we're like playing one of the biggest shows ever i don't know it just kind of made me be like yeah try to be flexible and be like i don't know things might things that happened in the past might might like come around in this way you never expect and then for other things you might just have these weird ghosts floating around of like you're you you, that never get resolved or, or something yeah what's kept you going oh um in music um let me see i think i don't know i think i mean more than anything else is just like wanting to do it you know like just like i don't know like i'm still trying to find a way i'm like i don't know i don't have another job at the moment but i'm not in a awesome situation and i'm like I love making music. I just want to keep finding a way to do it all day. You know, it's like, it's like, I know what it's like to, I've worked a lot of like, just 
horrible jobs and not horrible but like whack jobs and like i know what it's like to have your energy divided in that type of way and i'm trying i'm working a lot to stay away from that however i can but then and but that's just more on a practical level i guess i i mean the main thing is just like i love making music i love playing shows i love the experiences the experience of doing it and i just want to do it as much as i possibly can you know yeah what the, about you what keeps me going yeah uh it's like an itch i don't know how to scratch yeah that's i don't know how else to describe it other than like i can get I feel like I, it was a calling. I feel like we're talking about full circle moment. I yeah. feel like when I fully give myself to what I believe is right, things are working out. Like, mm. like oh, I wish I could show. I will show you this. And this is a little bit behind the curtain of the podcast. But it's like I had a vision for this for so long of like what I wanted it to be, you know? Yeah. And it's still not everywhere i want but if you can see that's my all-time listens on youtube but you can see for two years nothing right like for people watching like there's nothing for a long time right and i knew shit was happening but i knew that it would just catch i knew i was on the right path and i knew that I just like, and now that stuff's starting to come on, I feel like a little bit more fulfilled and I just feel like it's all working out right. And I just need to go with the energy of feeling like I'm being fulfilled and it is working out to this point, but it's difficult. The money, the making money thing's hard because like, totally to make money, you almost have to like get one over on someone in a weird way. And then you devalue yourself doing that. Mm. Cause then you're like, well, this is my price. So if you don't pay my price, well then you're like, but I need them to pay something. So I'm going to devalue it a little bit more. And then they don't pay that. And then you devalue it a little bit more. And then it's like the, and then you are, and then in your mind, you're like, well, no one wants to pay this price, so I'm just going to say it anyway. And then you're like, almost like, well, I'm scamming them. You know what? Really, it's just this like fuck cycle of the business right. side of it. I mean, it's it's weird. It's like I've I've gotten very very different about that in the last couple of years, um, because I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure you deal with this, like, you know, negotiating for playing shows like what yeah what you get paid to to do a set or whatever i used to be such a pushover in that regard and like i think what i've learned is like 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 i what i how i was looking at it back then was like was like okay i've been going to shows since i was 12 years old I've been playing shows and setting up shows since I was really young. And I know how little money is coming in from any fucking show. And 
I guess I don't know. I, I mean, I was doing like national tours being like, yeah, pay me whatever you want to pay me, basically, you know, and, and like it's like I I don't regret that, but I I like I would not do that now because like I think it's you know, to some degree it's like your thing is worth whatever price you say it's worth. And it's like if you say it's worth zero, there's some people that would be like, great, zero. <laughs> you know, or like, okay, five bucks, whatever. And like, I, I don't know. I, I, I've tried to just be like, like with selling beats, that's something where I've tried to be like, I have to look at this realistically. Like, like the price that I set to sell a beat, it has to factor in everything. Like it has to factor in, not just like how long it took to make this particular beat, but like how long it took me to even figure out what this record is and get my hands on it and how long it took me to find all these drums I'm going to put on it. And then how long it takes an email sending back and forth to people. So I feel like to some degree, it's like, I think of it less as like, I'm getting something over on someone. It's more of like, I'm just respecting myself in a way of like but that's what i mean that's that's what what you should should think think about it but yeah i I guess i just i yeah i guess guess i'm just devaluing myself at that point i mean yeah it's it's like i don't know maybe you'll you'll find this helpful and maybe not but like i i guess to me the big thing is like the most when I've got paid an amount of money for a show where I'm like, I can't believe I got this amount of money. It's not that much money. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like, I'm sure you have like spots you'll play where it's like, how is it possible that I'm getting this amount of money? Like, but it's like, if everybody paid that, that's not that crazy. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know even like in baltimore like i remember like setting up hip-hop shows and like there'd be like artists that would be like locally well known but this this is like say like late 90s early 2000s and people would be like yeah i need like 1500 for this set and it's like it's like that's steep you're not bringing in, you know, $1,500 worth of people exactly. But it's like, I look at it now and I'm like, eh, but everybody lived. I lived like, you, you know what I mean? And and they got what yeah. they said they wanted. So no harm, no foul, you know? I guess it is like, I had a friend who, when I said I used to want to be a comedian, it's funny now that I actually am one, because I used to be like, oh, I, I want to be a comedian before i did it yeah and he would be like don't say that say you are a comedian mm. like and he every he would correct me every single fucking time every time right, he would right, correct right. me every time I'd be like oh when i'm a comedian like you are say you are a comedian right until the point where it's like oh shit right now at this point in my life eight years later i am a comedian yeah and it's yeah. like that but it maybe it took a little longer but it did come true 
And I guess that's the same thing with the price. If you're like, all right, this is my price. This is what I want to make. This is what I'm going to make for my art. Maybe it's not going to happen that year, but if you're like, no, I am going to make this, then it will happen because it is kind of that. Manifesting is kind of a fucked up word because it has a lot of, <laughs> you know, you know, people, it has a connotation behind it, but it is kind of like, no, if I believe that this is what I'm valued at and this is what I'm worth, then it will come. And that is manifesting. Yeah. 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 And like, I don't know. I, I, like with selling beats and this is like really trying to live off doing that is like a relatively new thing for me but like and 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 what i'm saying this is probably so like elementary school type of understanding that this is i'm not offering any mind-blowing information here but it was like new to me where it's like where it's like man i could sell it's like it's like it's okay to have people tell you no too it doesn't feel good it, like like i get a lot of offers where people are like hey how much for beats and i say a price and they can't pay that price and it's like again it's like okay well so what it's it's like i, I don't know i i i'm at a point where i would rather say that and be told no than give them a price that doesn't work for me and then be stuck doing that, you know? Yeah. And then being unhappy. Right. right. And then not being fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what's the, Oh, go ahead. Well, no. What were you saying? No, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I was <laughs> just going to say, what was the worst job you ever had? <laughs> um, dude, to be honest, I think the most recent job was the worst job I had, which I did not last long at at all, um, which was like working for um, what's the fuck? I can't even think of the name, but like where they they do the U.S. Open and stuff in um, Queens. Oh, mm -hmm. um, I I don't know, and it was only really bad because it was like me being like having the realization of like oh i cannot do this like 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 i was just like a security guy but like just having this realization of like like working with like insane 20 year olds was kind of crazy when i was 20 but at 42 it's like hell no like just like talking to kids about like Andrew Tate and shit all day. I don't know. It's just like, I, I was just like, I'm too old for this. Like, I, I think it was maybe the hardest time I've had just like mentally with a job, you know, was there a moment? Um, I think the moment was the guy, there was like a kid that was like, just like really wanting to talk all the time about like, the state of the world and stuff and he was just kind of on some like i think the problem is the jews and <laughs> oh no really and it was like it was like there was like one other dude like my age i was kind of like whoa whoa but like just kind of like seeing like i don't i don't know i think it was like a lot of the influence of kanye that had like kids like thinking this way but like 
um yeah i don't know just some of that i'm like i don't know god bless anybody that can like power their way through this kind of environment but i feel like i just cannot <laughs> that's, that's horrible, horrible. <laughs> damn do you think it's kanye like yeah, I mean, he said it was. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he was like, <laughs> he, he was, was open about, about it. <laughs> right, right. You know, which um, people are just ignorant. People are just dumb. Yeah, people are idiots. Yeah. yeah this, so I don't know. That was like, that was a rough one. I mean, again, none of these jobs. I mean, no, I was thinking about this the other day where people like judge artists for like what they say or their like political beliefs. Yeah. Like imagine what like yeah, the security guard is saying. Like imagine what he's saying on Facebook. Or like right, your right, plum- right. like your plumbers probably has some crazy beliefs, you know what I mean? Like your plumbers guy saying wild shit. No, that's absolutely true. Yeah, and I I think you're a little bit like it is kind of crazy like you're a little bit like shielded from that like and and i'm not gonna front like i want to be shielded from that like yeah. but i think i think if you're like more like you know like privileged in the sense of like having a, a high paying job and you know being in more of like an office type environment your whole life you you just don't hear from those people or or like yeah, when 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 the plumber comes through, he just you know comes through and fixes the toilet and then leaves without like <laughs> his speech or whatever you know. You're not asking him the state of uh, state right, of what's right. going on. <laughs> right, right. Um, are you guys gonna tour with this project at all? I I don't I don't think there's gonna be a full tour, but we we've been talking about trying to do some shows next year, which will be oh, if you guys do a show. I'm definitely popping out. Hell yeah. Yeah, that would be If cool. you do a New York show or a Boston show, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we Yeah, the last thing we talked about was at least doing Baltimore and New York. But I, that would be awesome to play Boston as well. I need to go to, down to Baltimore again. I haven't been there in a long time. Oh yeah. The DMV has such good music. Totally. It's, it's like some of my favorite. I feel like it's one of the most underrated areas. I feel like it's the kind of place where like any music in the, you know, honestly, probably since like the time of like jazz and stuff, like any music that's going on in the country, Baltimore has some cool version of it, like and really like unique version, you know? Yeah, man, thank you so much for doing this. This is a really dope conversation. Oh, man, thank you. Man, I appreciate really that. It's almost Halloween in a couple hours. So happy early Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to be in New York tomorrow on awesome. Halloween. What do you got going on? You ever hear of a rapper, Trey the Truth, from Houston? No, no. Oh, he's pretty he's dope. Um, I'm going to his album listening party. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, it'll be a hot. I don't think I'm dressing up. Are you dressing up? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> We're probably going to be handing out some candy tomorrow. Though. Oh, that's nice. Do you want to? Where can people find your shit if you want to plug anything? 
uh heightkeach.com that's where everything is basically and and, and I'll my, tag my, you below my label like you can find it on bandcamp or all that is uh cold rhymes records that's, that's awesome. awesome and everyone go check out that album we just dropped with uh hemlock earth this is the fall what, what was it called the fall collective yeah fall collection See, I uh, fall collection. See, even, even with me, it's like, like I listen to it so much and I can't think of the goddamn name. I'm sorry. But no, I, it really is amazing. So thank you so much for doing this. Man, thank you. Everyone hit like and subscribe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.